Hello, hello, everybody. It is 7 p.m. Central, so you know what time that is. It's time for How to Win at Everything. I am here with my esteemed guest, Holly Avali. Wait, Holly, Hallie, sorry. And here's the thing I've said your name to a million people at this point Hallie Avolio. And, you and got I it. asked. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, because I had Mike Paterano, uh pronounce it for me like the first time I met you. Like, wait, how are we pronouncing her name? And so we have Hallie Avolio here with us this evening. And uh, I'm going to start us off, Hallie, with our with my quick intro. And then we are going to get started. Sounds great. Have you ever wondered why you struggle to find success or fulfillment or lasting happiness? It's probably because your default wiring is set to lose. The How to Win at Everything podcast looks at real people who have struggled with the same insecurities, fears, doubts, and expectations, and found a way to succeed. Why? Their brains are rewired for success. We dive into their thought patterns to show you how to rewire your own brain to win at everything. All righty. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, so, Hallie, you are you are sassy AF. And I want to I want to before we get started, good, I want to have you kind of bring some of that to the table for us. So tell us what you do. Tell us why you're so awesome and special and why sassy AF. Great question. By the way, I have to applaud the intro because I've never actually seen that before i don't know maybe nice. i missed that in previous how to win at everything shows <laughs> but i love that that was super cool well thank you thank you that took like six months of my life <laughs> with my notes well, well done. bravo <laughs> kelly you did well, awesome. thank you thank you so uh let's see i don't even know where to begin with that question except i will say that i lived a good chunk of my life feeling like i had to fit in a box. I guess that's mm -hmm. the best way to say it. I felt like I had to live up to everyone else's expectations. Mm -hmm. I also felt like I was always the odd, odd woman out, odd girl out. I was yeah. tall. I was awkward. Yeah. I had big hair. I was loud. Like I never felt like I fit in. <laughs> and right. I, I shrunk because of it, honestly, mm. like mm. I would shrink myself down physically, emotionally, mentally, and I would do anything that I could to blend in, to be, you know, part of the crowd. Yeah. And at some point, a couple of years ago, I realized that by doing that for so long, I was really, um, how do I say this? I was cheating myself. I mm. was cheating myself of who I truly am at my core. Mm -hmm. And I was pissed off about it. And I was so mm. pissed off about it that I started to do all sorts of crazy toxic things, toxic behaviors, uh -oh. yeah, hang out yeah. with toxic people, et cetera, and put myself in a situation where I wasn't happy with the person I was then becoming. And I mm. had to make a choice. I had to decide, look, am I gonna stay in this resentful, angry space? Mm -hmm. Or am I gonna really step up, evaluate who I am, figure out who I am and show up who I am and that's what I decided to do. And what I discovered is that I am sassy as F. I don't know if we can say the full words here. You, you, but you might guess. I am sassy as fuck. And 
I love it. I love who I am. And I'm also totally great if I'm not for everyone. Like right. that is so cool because you know what? There's what, almost 8 billion people on this planet. We don't all have to be for everyone. That's right. And that is totally cool. Somebody so, likes it. It's all good. Like as long as I like me and I believe in me and I show up with integrity and authenticity, That's then right. I believe that the right people will be attracted to me. And those are the people that I will be able to serve and to help and to guide and to teach. And that is truly my mission. I like it. I like it. So you said a bunch of stuff that I want to dive in on Yeah. right up front. So um, you you started off, you're, you're, you're shrinking back. First off, for the audience, you are 5'9". Yeah. Yeah. So you are tall. I mean, yeah. tall-ish. I mean, How obviously. How are you, Kelly? I'm 5'6". I'm so... Okay. Everyone's tall in Kelly's world. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I always would imagine that that would be something that would be uh, empowering and, 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 you know, that sort of thing. But that, that's, I, I've heard you talk about this before on other shows. So, so that was a reason to shrink back. Um, you're, you're loud. You're not fitting in. Those are reasons to shrink back. Um, what, what do you think it is about those things, about, uh, not fitting in for you that, that, or what about those things made you not feel like you made you feel like you didn't fit in? I just always felt like I stood out and you know, that I actually believe that standing out is a great thing. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the people that stand out, the people that are, you know, successful, I mean, look at professional athletes or, mm -hmm. you know, celebrities, you know, mm -hmm. they're often not people that fit into a crowd, right? They mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. out there doing their thing, being themselves, but you know, maybe maybe it was a byproduct of the kind of um, upper middle class neighborhood that I grew up in that okay. was very much like a cookie cutter kind of situation or so I perceived it to be. And yeah. I always just felt like it wasn't me. And I didn't really know who I was. But when I tried to be like everybody else, I just felt more and more awkward and uncomfortable. I, I think that's a really, really important and big part because one of the things that you also mentioned here was that you were resentful. So let me just ask, who was that directed toward? Who who, who got that anger? A lot of it went toward my husband, to be honest. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, What's you know, it was, it, I think it was externally and outwardly toward my husband, but internally it was actually a reflection of myself. Okay. So I yeah. was actually, even though I couldn't articulate it at the time, it was much easier for me to point fingers and place blame on my husband for yeah. who, by the way, I just want to give a big shout out to him because he is my very best friend. We've been together 21 years, married 17 and a half. And I'm so grateful that we've been able to work through our shit. Thank God. And I'm so grateful for him every day because honestly, he's my rock. He's my best friend. He is the person that I am meant and intended to be with. And I've learned. <laughs> Go on. I know, I know. I know it's schmaltzy and I can't help myself. But but if I'm going to be honest, you know, if we're going to tell the other side of the story where I was like so angry at him and pissed off. Yeah. And yeah. It was, you know, but but here's the thing is that at the end of the day, I realized the person that I was angry with was myself because I wasn't being true to me. And when you're not true yeah. to yourself, that manifests all sorts of crazy stuff. See, now I was interested in that because, uh, you know, in, in coaching, we, we start to get this idea of like, hey, you start to understand where your power lies and your power lies in choice and your 
whether you're conscious of it or not, you're typically choosing your environment, you're choosing your behaviors, you're, you're, you're choosing your circumstances. So when you say like you're angry at your husband, it's like, oh man, I feel bad for that guy because uh, a lot of that is stuff that maybe he can make a space for, but can't really make you, you know, make you learn about yourself and that sort of thing. So right. what was the, what was the turning point for you? What, what changed that made you be able to say, oh, wait a minute, let, this is about me feeling empowered, me making a choice. Like what, what happened? What was the catalyst there? Well, the catalyst was really after many, many, I guess years, I was going to say months, but it was more like two years of us really being in a, in a bad place. I was in a bad place. I had let my relationship with my husband suffer. It was uh, also creating rifts with my children. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking care of my health. I wasn't sleeping well. My hormones were out of control. I had gained weight. Yeah. I felt awful about myself. And the catalyst was a moment when I went to go shopping for a new dress and I was standing in this dressing room looking for new clothes, staring at myself in the mirror and just hating every part of my being because nothing yeah. fit. I felt completely out of control yeah. of my life. And of course, it wasn't the fact that I couldn't find something to wear, but that was just this very vivid moment of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? And I had a complete breakdown and it took me maybe 48 hours from that point to come to terms with myself and say, look, self, you have a choice. Here's your choice, right? My choice was to either continue self-destructing and going uh -huh. down this path of not taking care of my health, my relationships, et cetera, or my choice was to woman up uh -huh. and figure out how to make myself better. And yeah. I decided that I was done with my own bullshit and I was ready to do what I had to do. And I didn't know what it was at that point, by the way. Right, right. I, I immediately went to, well, I have to lose weight and I have to take care of my health, right? That was like okay. my, because those are like the easy answers. Yeah, it was easy to see. That's, yeah. that's easy to see, right? But what I, what I found, what I realized is that it wasn't so much my physical body, it was here. And mm -hmm. I really had to shift my mental energy and my mental wellness. And I had to start learning. I had to start learning who I was, but I also had to start unlearning patterns and behaviors yeah. and bad choices I had been making. And that is the work that really had to be done. And that's what I dove into. And in doing so, I learned that I have a passion and um, just capacity to really help others do the same work. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, because of so let me just say first, as as a host, as a coach, as a human being, one of the things that I appreciate the most are people who are self-aware because it like cuts my work in half. Like it, it's a lot to get someone to get past everyone else's expectations, everyone else's view, everyone else's uh, like idea of who someone is in their own head and get to who I really am. So I got to tell you, in that sense, you are such a rarity and such a, a, a beautiful thing to see because that's awesome. That is so awesome. Now, I will I will dive into this, and you can talk as little or as much about this as you want to. Uh, you talked about the toxic behaviors, the toxic relationships, toxic people. Uh, what did that look like? How did that manifest itself? Well, on the outside, it looked like everything was just fine, by the way. Right. Right. So, you know, I wasn't going to admit that anything was wrong, but what yeah. happened was it was a lot of escapism and it was a lot of um, me just wanting to literally escape my family. It was yeah. going out and drinking too much and uh -huh. constantly 
um, you know, on my phone, we, for example, we would have like family movie night and I would just be like texting with people during family movie night. Mm -hmm. My kids, my husband would be watching a movie and they're like, Hey mom, don't you like the movie? I'm like, Oh yeah. Uh -huh. You know, not paying mm -hmm. attention at mm -hmm. all. Constantly fantasizing about how can I get out? How can I go mm -hmm. be with other people? How can I be anywhere but here? Because mm -hmm. I felt like I was caught in this hamster wheel. I felt like yeah. I was stuck, you know, the movie groundhog day. That's what I felt yeah. like. It was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I have to wake up to yeah. this damn day every single day and um it's so it's it's not funny because i know a lot of people still live in this space yeah. and you know these are the people that i want to help and i want to just give them hope like you can make the choice to get out of that hamster wheel you can make the choice to put yourself first and to prioritize your own needs and i will tell you that today and i had a i did a facebook live earlier today where i was just talking about choice and manifesting and how we can really stand in our own power and I love my life, Kelly. I literally beautiful. love my life every single day. And yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, I'm in California and there's a lockdown. Yes, I homeschool my kids. I love my life That's with beautiful. all of that, you know, because I choose to. Hmm. Let me let me ask you this. When so so I want to fast forward back to the point where uh 48 hours after the, the dressing room breakdown, you know, you, you come to grips with this idea of, of maybe uh, physical wellness first. What, what, what's the, what's the first thing you did? What, what was your first step toward like getting stuff together? I signed up for a weight loss program. Okay. Okay. Once you did that, was it successful? How did that work? Like, was your, was your, that, that pain you were stepping out of enough to kind of get that going for you or how did that work out? It was successful for me because I was committed, but I'll tell you what was the difference because throughout my life, and this is probably true for many of the people watching, you know, we've all done weight loss programs. Well, many of us have multiple times, you know, multiple times again and again and again. It's like mm -hmm. the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting mm -hmm. different results, mm -hmm. right? So here was the difference. This was the turning point is that this time when I did the uh, weight loss program, I also started doing mindset work. And, nice. the, and I started listening to podcasts, but I also started doing personal development reading. And I love reading, but for a long time, especially when I was in kind of like those darkest points, I didn't read because I wasn't really concerned about taking care right. of my mental wellness, right? But the right. first book that I read once I started that journey was The Compound Effect. And um, I absolutely love that book. I think it's so impactful. And I don't know if you've read it, but... Um, no, no. And I'm why am I blanking on oh Darren Hardy? Sorry, I was like, <laughs> who wrote that book? The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I highly recommend it. It's a very simple read, and the um, the main message of the book is small, small uh, sustainable actions over time equal radical results. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, that's it, right? You don't have to make this. You don't have to move mountains in one day, but if you can make small actions every single day. Right. Over a certain amount of time, you're going to see those radical results you're looking for. And that was exactly the message I needed to hear. So then I was kind of hooked and became a personal development junkie. Uh, it, it's tough. Once you get into it, uh, it, it really starts to uh, kind of feed on itself, doesn't it? Totally. <laughs> it's totally. like you're, you start seeing like, oh, wait, and I can change this. And wait, I have access to that. It is a beautiful thing. And I, uh, I discovered podcasts. I'd never heard a podcast before in my life. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's all this information out there about pop, like, where did this come from? How did I not know about this? Right. Uh, I got to tell you, I was, um, 
I've always been into reading. I've always been into information. Like I am a little bit of a um, just information junkie. Like I'm, I like to consider myself kind of a data file. Like if it's information, I I'm in it. I want to know. And when I started to learn about the human subconscious and about the power that we actually have, like in and of ourselves, it was like I, I was gone. I I, I was hooked. Um, so okay. So we're we're gonna move your story up. You're 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 on this road. Well, first let me ask the success that you experienced, uh, health wise and mindset wise. What what? How did that kind of spring you into what you're doing now? Because right now you're 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 coaching women. You're you're helping with people with their with their businesses. Um, you're 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 podcasting too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, so you got like a million irons in the fire. H- how did how did that initial success transition into basically you being Superwoman? Well, I've always been Superwoman. Let's be real about that. Okay, we right, already right. talked about Beyonce, right? Channeling That's right. Beyonce. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're all doing. That's right. Um, let's see. When I started on my health journey initially and my mindset journey, I started sharing and I leveraged Facebook. I mean, it wasn't with Mm -hmm. any intent, like I didn't have an intent to build a business or, you know, I had some ideas. Like I was like, oh, maybe I could do something. Maybe I could get aligned with, you know, a product or something like that. But Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share my story. And if I'm being 100% honest with you, a lot of it was stroking my own ego. I am a Leo. I think we've talked about this before, but I was really excited for myself. And I'm like, look, I'm making some massive changes. I want to share this with people because I feel really great. So I would post some pictures, I would share my story. And as I was sharing my story, I started getting connected with women, people I knew, other moms, you know, women I knew in my community. And they were like, what are you doing? What are you doing that's different? You know, mm-hmm. what, what's shifting? And so the more I started sharing, the more I started having people open up to me and sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that there's a lot of women out there, probably men too, but I was really talking to women that were kind of like, I don't know if you want to call like in the closet, like outside, you know, it looks like everything is great. My Facebook life looks great. I'm so together. I've got it all down. But behind the scenes, you know, we're drinking too much at night and we're not taking care of ourselves and we're crying ourselves to sleep and we're waking up feeling like, oh my gosh, another day of this same damn hellhole, you know, and too many women were in that space. And so I was thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I kind of pondered this over the next several months, I was like, I feel like I have a calling and an opportunity to help other women really (laughs) take care of themselves in a better way, in a way that's different than just losing weight and coming up with a fitness program. So again, uh, me dealing with people who are on all like levels of this journey already, it is so beautiful to see where you are and how much, um, you know, hearing where you come from. And then to kind of see it manifest itself into like you're kind of a butterfly of a person at this point because you got like so much going on. Uh, how how at this point? So you're you're you you get into this role of hey I'm 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 this I'm this new person I'm developing into this new person. How does that change uh, your relationships with your husband with? Uh, friends, family, anybody around you, how does that start to shift things? How does that start to shift things? Because I think one of the foundational pieces is that uh, we should be able to see this growth in how others re- are responding. So how does that change for you? 
Well, I'll tell you, I want to share one story that was really a pivotal moment for me. And it was a night when um, my husband and I were going to my best friend's 40th birthday party and she lives about an hour away from me. So we had to drive, you know, we had a babysitter for the kids and it was just the two of us and we're driving and we're talking. And this was like, right when I was, you know, formulating some ideas about my business and how to kind of get started and, and what I could do with it. And we're just brainstorming. And I remember we got to the party a little bit early and we're sitting in the car and I just felt really overwhelmed. And I felt like, I don't know if I can do this. And he looked at me and he was like, you can do anything you want to do because you are powerful and I support you 100%. And I just remember the tears in my eyes and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to ruin my makeup before I go into this party. (laughs) But I didn't, it was all good. But um, I just felt so supported by him. And it just was such, it was such a 180 from where we had come from. And it was beautiful. It just, it made me feel so supported and so loved and just reminded me of how much work we had done together to get to where we were at that point. It's gotten even stronger. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, about two and a half years ago, that, that, that night. So it's only gotten better from there. And I just want to share also, cause you mentioned, you know, I do yeah. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of things, but when I started, I had no freaking what I was doing. And I was just like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. It was like literally like throwing spaghetti at the wall, just seeing what stuck, you know? I like that. I like that a lot. Um, let me dive in a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, with the relationship with you and your husband, because yeah. this, uh, the the closest relationships are going to be the ones where um, we're going to probably see a lot of this, a lot of the frustration as well as a lot of the growth uh, immediately. Is was your husband making that space for you initially or did he have to learn to do that? Or how did that work? Um, you know, like, was it a case where you felt like he was, I know you felt like he was a part of the the trappings of family and lifestyle, uh, family lifestyle, but was he making a space for you to grow? And it was just you that maybe wasn't, you know, adding yourself or going into that role or was it a case that he had to learn to do that? You know, before we got to this point, so before that night, you know, sitting in the car before my best friend's birthday party, Uh we had been through a lot together. We'd gone through Uh a lot of work. We'd done a lot of therapy. We'd had a lot of conversations. And I had revealed to him a lot of the things that I'd held inside me for far too long in our relationship, which were the things that were causing the resentment and the anger, you Uh know, the things where I felt like he wasn't showing up and he wasn't Uh participating. Uh And he wasn't holding space for me. And because we had had those conversations and worked through them over many, many months, talking, you know, Mm -hmm. doing therapy, putting in the work, showing our commitment to one another. By the time we got to this point, we were all in committed both to the new version of me. And it was really a new version of him. And mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he always says that even though it was the hardest years of our life, when we, we call it the bullshit period, and we both talk about, you know, this is like the, the hardest time of our life, but that we had to go through it to get to where we are today. Sure. And he, he also says that that's when he really became an adult is when he went through that and he had to face some of his fears, face yep. some of his challenges. We had to do that together and we yep. had to really grow up. And it's funny because we already had our three kids at that point. It wasn't like, it wasn't like we're 25 years old. I mean, I'm 41 now and um, it it was just one of those moments. So we did, we did do a lot of growth together as we have always done. And we did hold space for each other. And he is by far, like I said, my strongest partner, um, my biggest 
you know, my biggest cheerleader and just somebody that I can bounce any idea off of all, you know, all of it. But you also asked about other relationships yeah. and I have had other relationships that have not survived my growth because those people weren't in a growth space as well. And it's okay. You know, we have to accept that that's how life is and Mm -hmm. there's no ill will or anger. It just, it's kind of, um, I've grown in a certain way that's created space, you know, with other people. So it just kind of is. Uh, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. And and thanks so much for being honest and vulnerable and kind of opening that up for us, because it is a case that a lot of times there's a measure of guilt and fear that we feel uh, from our own growth, you know, where we're saying, I don't want people to think that I'm too good. I'm I, that I think I'm too good for them or that I'm changing and I'm becoming the bougie and uptight and blah, blah, blah. So I really think that that's a beautiful thing that you've been able to kind of uh, come into your own and even realize that, hey, it's not that this is a bad thing or anything like that. Just sometimes people do outgrow each other because right. if you're if you're going left and I'm going right, we're, we're, we're not on the same page anymore. And that's OK. Um, right. It's and, like- and, right. And it's OK. And it's not bad. Yeah. Right. It's not bad. It's it's part of life. And I think sometimes we kind of misconstrue that the one person going left and the other person going right is a reflection of a breakup or something yeah. bad happens. Yeah. Not necessarily. It can be. But sometimes it's just because, you know, it's like you go, there's two roads and yes, I went one way you went the other, you know, and that's, that's fine. Right. And I'm not blaming you for yours. I don't feel exactly. angry at you for yours, but I am happy with mine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, I mean, I have to stand in my authentic truth. Exactly. Well, if I'm showing up every day in my authentic truth or being sassy as fuck, then I, I'm good. I'm good with me. And if it doesn't align with somebody else, I'm always happy to have a conversation about it. I'm always happy to open yeah. that door to be like, hey, let's talk about this. Is there a way that we can come together? And if not, yeah. then let's just say it's okay. okay. It's all it's good. Okay. It's okay. Uh, it, isn't it isn't it nice to kind of have that um that sense of okayness? Um, I, I know for me, uh, growing up the way I did, there's this huge sense of um, like loyalty and that sort of thing, where you're supposed to be with someone no matter what they're going through and that sort of thing. And I and I've had situations where uh, I've I've tried to be that for per, for for different people in my life, and it's like they're going a total different direction. I, I had a buddy who. Uh, his thing was that he always wanted you to prove your loyalty through, like, get like he'd get us into fights with people. It's like, and that's one thing when we're like sixteen. It's right. like, dude, we're thirty. Like, I'm not fighting anybody for you. I got a kid. Right. Like, I'm right? sorry. like you got to go your own way, buddy. Totally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, but it's interesting to kind of see, um, uh, basically that that coming to grips with that and coming to peace with that. I, I think that is a, uh, that is a great, great piece. Um, so I want to move us into more of what you're doing now. So um, if I, I think when I initially posted about our conversation, I, I basically just took a snippet of like nine things that we talked about, but, but I want you to go ahead and describe what are you doing now? What, what projects are you working on? What does the current Hallie look like? So right now I am building out my library of online courses. That is mm-hmm. my my main intention. So mm-hmm. there's a, signa- a signature course that I offer. It's called I Am Limitless. 
And mm-hmm. I offer it as a live experience and it will soon also be offered as a pre-recorded experience. So um, that's what I'm building out right now is doing more or getting the, the pre-recorded stuff in my library. Um, I also run a Facebook community for women. So any women that are watching, if you're interested in joining, you may join us. It's called the Sassy Woman Sisterhood. And that community is almost 1,700 women strong. And it's a fabulous community of women that come together with the intention of practicing self-care, self-love, understanding, in community with other women that really just want to be real and authentic, and Mm -hmm. also having fun and talking about sassy girl stuff. So that's that's super fun. Um, It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good space. Um, I run my uh, podcast, like you mentioned. So I do interviews uh-huh. similar to this and I do it, it um, you know, I do a video component and an audio component oh, as well. Nice. Yep. And, oh, and then the last thing, I'm sure there's more, but I also want to say I have my affirmation cards. So there you go. I have a, a deck of affirmation cards that I just released about a month ago. So those are super Allie, fun. what's an affirmation card? <gasps> good question, Kelly. So an affirmation card, an affirmation if someone isn't familiar, is typically a statement that starts with the words I am. And -hmm. it's a positive statement in the first person to help get you into a space of alignment, of positivity, of motivation. Mm -hmm. So uh, these don't all start with I am, but you can see they're all colorful. So I'll draw one real quick as an example, if that's okay. Yes, please. Okay. So this is one of my favorite ones. I embrace the fun in life and dance like no one's watching. Nice. Do you like to dance, Kelly? I do not. What? I always feel like someone's watching because my <laughs> dancing is so awful. You like to listen to music? I do. I do. I can definitely awesome. do that. Awesome. Anything where I don't have to uh, physically get on that dance floor, I'm down that's, for it. Well, that's okay. You can just have a dance party in your mind. How's that? That's more like that's more like a very Kelly thing. Perfect. Right <laughs> but right, so you know, you pull a card like this, and you might be like, okay, I I'm not really a dancer, but. I can imagine what it's like to dance like no one's watching. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, this moves you into that space. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what the beauty of affirmation cards are about. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I appreciate that, too, because um, I don't know, probably most of the people who are watching, uh, most anyone who's ever talked to me uh, is going to have the realization that I am always thinking about how to be better for me. And, and and then also, how can I reflect that for other people uh, right. to help them to be better? So when I think about that, um, uh, something like affirmation cards, something like positive affirmations for ourselves, it's always on the mind. So I think that that is a beautiful thing, Hallie, that you put together. Yeah. Also, before I forget, we're only about halfway through. I want to make sure if you can, um, uh, after this, I'm going to drop this into LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube drop your links in there so that people can okay. see your stuff and then that way they can always follow up with you. Perfect. I will absolutely do that. Thank you. So now as we're moving into uh Halley 2.0 or who knows which version you're at now, what 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 are your challenges now? What what are you finding right now as you kind of gone on in this journey of like self-discovery and uh, personal development? Something that I've been really working with for myself at this level, like you said, kind of the 2.0, right? It's like, you get yourself healthy, you get yourself happy, you get yourself authentic. And then you're like, how do I level up? How do I find that clarity? How do I really stand in my purpose and make sure that I am in alignment with Uh the people Uh I surround myself with and the actions that I take 
on a regular basis. So something that I have personally struggled with for probably my entire life is taking on more than I can handle, like mm. biting off more than you can chew, right? That's the expression. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the reason that I do that is because it distracts me from really being mindful of what is most important in the present moment. Mm. So the biggest thing that I'm working on right now are things where I really spend time to go inward. For example, I do a meditation every day and I take time to take by myself. Mm. And I think about what really lights me up. What makes me feel good? Who makes me feel good? So that I can get that clarity that I know that I need to mm. be the best version of me. I, I, I got I find it interesting uh, in the sense that when when you're talking about uh, like some of the stuff I know we've talked about is is the fact that a lot of women do feel this 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 um, almost separation from their full selves, you know, from being their whole selves and showing up authentically and showing up period in a lot of cases. Yeah. Who, who, who starts that? Who, why is that the case for so many women? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, right? I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of stories that we have been told, you know, and we being the collective, collective women, community, et cetera, stories that, you know, we need to nurture, we need to raise a family, we need mm -hmm. to be quiet. Um, we can't take up space, we have to do for others. So overcoming those stories and those narratives for some women can be really challenging. And there are some bold women out there, but we've all heard this talk and I do think it's shifting, but it's still there. You know, a woman that is bold and that takes action and that might be perceived as more aggressive, mm -hmm. right? She's seen as an aggressor. She's called names, right? And she may not be celebrated and honored as someone that's ambitious or that's sure. empowered. She might be, you know, seen, oh, can you believe that she did that? She's so self-centered. She's so mm -hmm. egotistical. She's such a bitch, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We need to change that story that we can, we can celebrate each other. We can collaborate with each other. We can cheer each other on. And because another woman has success doesn't take away from my potential success and vice versa. Uh, I feel like that's a that's a huge piece um, because there are so many of us who well, there's so many people I think that go through this idea of if if I'm moving up, it's it has to be on your back or something like that. So um, I, I, I've personally witnessed this, and and my wife and I talk about this a lot in in woman's world where there is a sense of cattiness or or, or competition where it should be more of a sense of collective growth. And, and nurturing each other and that sort of thing. Um, now, but let me ask you now, because you mentioned a couple of things. Is it, is it, and, and this is just for clarity's sake, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say to this. Uh, the, the story for women is that you're supposed to be nurturing. Is it still okay for a woman to be nurturing? I believe it is. Okay. And, okay. and I think, and I think, you know, for example, I, like I said, I have three kids, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm home with them. I homeschool them. I also run my business. You know, I love being a mom. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I'm in my mom space and having fun with my kids, it's awesome. But I'm not your kind of typical mom. I don't know. Typical is not the right word. I'm not the mom that's out there, you know, making Play-Doh for her kids and, mm -hmm. 
you know, planning like the perfect lunch menu and this sort of thing. And that's totally fine. You know, I show up as a mom for my kids in the way that works for me. And when mm -hmm. I see other moms that do like to do those things, make like really cute little bento box lunches or, yeah. you know, plan the perfect party or get down and play hide and seek with their kids, whatever, like that's all great. So I think whatever feels good to you in your heart, that's what's important. So whatever that looks like from a nurturing perspective, that's awesome. And it's just, you have to do it as long as it's what's true to you. Gotcha. See, I wanted to make sure that we were able to shine a little bit of light on that because I, I think there's sort of a, a, a misconception and, and I don't know if this is, no, no, this goes across, across different, uh, this goes across genders, races, ages, everything. There seems to be this sort of idea of the 180 rule where you have to go 180 against everything. So if, if, if there's a sense that women are nurturers, then now you have to be hard or cold or, you know, that sort of thing. If there's a sense that women are supposed to be moms or wives, then it's like, well, I'll never get married. I'll never have kids. And it's right. like, it, no, it shouldn't be that. It's, it's really more about you have the freedom to pick your lane and, and, and feel full and complete in that lane. So no, you don't have to get married, but no, you're not, you're not, you know, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't get married. So I just exactly. want to make sure that, yeah, uh, uh, you know, from such a revolutionary mind like yourself, I wanted to make sure that I was able to get that clarified with you to make sure it was okay. So ladies, you've all heard it now. Uh, it, <laughs> Hallie did say it was Massive okay. Permission. You, you have permission. Well, uh, here's, here's the other point that I want to make yeah. is that I believe that women can be multi-passionate. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can be just as passionate about my business about yeah. making a million dollars and about having hot sex with my husband as I can be about nurturing my children and being a damn good mom. And I do not have to choose. Gosh, I love that. I love that. Uh, especially being a married person. I, I, I really, I really love that all of those are encompassed in that because I, all of those work for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, I think I like know I, which one works the best. <laughs> the, the million dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. uh, so, okay. So now as, as we're kind of moving through this thing, I want to make sure that we get uh, a little bit of insight on, so, so some of the stuff we talked about, right? We, we kind of talked about, Hey, that this is a place where women need to show up, where women are, are, are basically have been at least, uh, told to be quiet and that sort of thing. So I, I think it's fair to say that in a, in a lot of cases, at least, this has come from a, a male-dominated society. But I remember bringing up to you that I've heard this story probably from women a lot more than men. A lot of women telling other women, hey, this is the way that things are. So so can you kind of speak to that? Like, how do you... How do you I, I've had in my personal life, I've had women who have been told by their mothers, hey, uh, this is the way things are. And these are like super limiting beliefs. I won't go into all of them, but that's very limiting beliefs. I've I've heard more women talk about this than I have men. How do, how do you get the women to get past that? I mean, with any limiting beliefs, I think you have to go down to what, it, where is, what's the trigger? You know, what is the story? Why is it there? What is it? Mm -hmm. What is causing the pain? that limiting and you have to unpack it a little bit and then you have to say look i choose am i going to let that belief really get into the way of what i believe 
or mm -hmm. am I going to work through it and I can do anything that I want to do? So the thing about imposter syndrome or limiting beliefs is, you know, we really have to acknowledge where it comes from. And then we have to own our truth by mm -hmm. understanding that we can make that change if we want to, but we have to put mm -hmm. in work. All right. So now I can see that working on uh, a personal level. So if I'm working with a client, I can say, let's unpack this. But um, there is a generation of women out there who are telling their daughters, hey, it's okay if your man cheats on you. As long as he brings home the bacon, there is a there's a generation of women who are saying things like that, that I wouldn't want my daughter to hear. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want my sister to sure. live by. Sure. But but so so on a and, and this is you getting a little philosophical and everything, kind of throwing it out there. How how do you change that societally? How do you how 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 do we as individuals make some sort of change with something that is so big and so deeply embedded? I mean, when you have a collective change that you're looking to make, it has to start with one person, right? Mm. It, you, you can only work on you. So yeah. if there's this collective story that's being told that says, you know, it's okay if your husband cheats on you and you just have to deal with it. Well, mm -hmm. first of all, I'm going to say, no, that's not cool. You got to have more <laughs> self-respect. That's not okay. Now, now, let's just be clear. These things happen, right? Just because yeah, someone yeah. cheats or is, in, yeah, you know, yeah. has an infidelity situation doesn't mean that they're a terrible person. Shit happens, life happens, uh -huh. whatever. You can work through it. However, right. you you got to have the self respect to deal with it and have those conversations and figure out what's uh -huh. really happening. But look, with our daughters, you know, I've got a daughter and she's ten. There's a lot of fundamental development that happens between ages seven and ten especially for girls and uh, the beliefs and the core values and what goes on in our, in our subconscious is developed uh -huh. at this point in time. So all I can do is work on how I communicate with my daughter, how I teach her, how I lead by example, how I show up for myself as a grown woman, how she sees me interact with my husband, with my sons, uh -huh. with my uh -huh. friends, you know, with her, et cetera. Right. So part of my mission is, teaching other women to have this self-awareness and self-respect and the communication skills so that they can start to make the impact because it will trickle down. The more mm. of us that understand it, that will trickle down to, right. the, you know, to the future generations. Okay. Okay. I like that. Now, when, 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 when you're working with women in, in your practice, mm -hmm. how, do, how, do you, how are you dealing with them? Well, first off, let me ask, what are the main issues you're seeing? Like, um, are, are they similar to the ones you brought up for you or what, what, what are you seeing in general? Um, I see a lot of women who struggle with taking care of themselves, a lot of self-care and self-love issues, a lot of, um, struggle being able to prioritize their own needs, mm. a lot of struggle communicating. Also the self-awareness, awareness is huge. And I think that it's probably true for men too, but just being yeah. able yeah. to be that aware so that they even understand where the limiting beliefs and where the guilt and where the doubt comes from. So mm -hmm. unpacking those truths and understanding what is this about and how do I start to shift that energy? How do I raise my vibrations? How do I show mm -hmm. up even stronger and brighter in my life? And these are the kind of challenges that I deal with, with the women that I work with. And I see them struggling but they're they're inquisitive and they want to make a change and that's what gets me really excited is when they say look i recognize in myself this is an issue that i gotta work on but i'm seeking yeah. the help because i see how powerful it can be 
And that's what I get excited about. I, well, that that makes sense. I, I I love that that part too because uh, as much as it's uh, altruism and and this sense of purpose, there is a selfish part of it that you really want to see people be better, and and that helps. That helps. Like that restores my own faith in humanity when I see people able to change, especially uh, you know with the world is as it is today. It, it's really nice to see that things can be different and people can be different. Um, what about the, um, so you talk about the self, the, the self care. Are you, are you, are you teaching them to be more fit or, or how, how does that run? Because obviously you can have your mindset be better, but if you're, if you lack energy because you're not sleeping well, because you're not exercising, like all of it runs together. So how, how encompassing? is uh is what you're helping people with helping women specifically with well when i teach about self-care i talk about alignment with core values okay. and it okay. starts with understanding what are your core values and of course for each person that's going to be different but when okay. it comes to self-care yes a physical there is a physical fitness component there is a stress management component right. there was a right. sleep component right all of these things are important so that's good for your overall health right. but it starts with understanding what are my core values and if I can understand what my core values are and how I can be in align with, alignment with them, both in thought and in action mm-hmm. throughout the day, and then I teach them habits and intentions so that they can act in a way that promotes their self-care in ways that are simple, sustainable, and fun. And that's really, really key to the work that I do, especially the fun part. Because if we're not having fun, then what's the point, right? Life is too short. We don't need to be so serious all the time. And that's why I talk about being sassy and having fun because I want people, I want women to show up in their life and be like, I rock. My life is super fun and I'm having a blast. And it doesn't have to be a hundred percent of the time, but like a good chunk of the time, I want them having fun because they're going to be happier, healthier, in better mindset, taking care of themselves better, sleeping better, lower stress, all of it. Mm. I love all of that. Um, so, without giving too much away, how how do you how do you approach? Uh, how would you recommend? Uh, we got a good sized audience today. How would you recommend they get started understanding their core values? Well, that's a great question. So, I really recommend journaling. Number one, and spending some time just being with yourself. So a quick exercise that somebody could do to just start to ask themselves the question, what are my core values? Take, uh, I love to do, I don't know if you're familiar with breath work, but one of my favorite Mm -hmm. breathing techniques is the four, seven, eight breath. Are you familiar with that one? No. Okay. It's a really good clearing one just to kind of get yourself into like a good headspace before you do any work. Okay. So (sighs) we're going to do an inhale for four. Then we're going to hold for seven and then we're going to exhale for eight. And if you want to close your eyes, you can, you can put your hands on your belly, over your face, whatever feels comfortable. So we're going to go and inhale for four. Oh, wait, I was already inhaling. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Inhale for four. Here we go. Hold it for seven and exhale eight. So if you do that four times, the four, seven, eight breath, four times. It's just a really great way to center and to get clear. Once you've done that, just close your eyes for maybe a minute, maybe two minutes, and mm-hmm. just sit with yourself and just ask yourself in your head, 
what is important to me? Mm. And that's it, just in silence. And then after a minute or two, open your eyes and have a, you know, have a, a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil in front of you and write down everything that's important to you, all of your values, write them down. And then you go back over that list, however many you come up with, it doesn't matter. And you go back over that list and you say, okay, which of these things are the ones that are essential as opposed mm. to like the nice to have. So it's like the need to have and the nice to have list. Mm -hmm. And you go through the first pass and you write down all the, the need to have ones. And then mm. you see how many you have. And if you have more than three or four, go through it again until you whittle it down to three or four. And then that's what your core values. So that's like a really quick exercise without getting too in depth, but a pretty good one to just get started to identify what your core values might be. I think that is awesome. Uh, so I want to I want to go over some of the foundational pieces that we've kind of picked up from me so far. So guys, yeah. if you're ready, take some notes on this. Um, it, the, one of the things that you noticed initially was that you didn't feel like you were fully showing up. And guys, that means that if you don't feel like you're fully showing up, like you're really being your real true self, if you don't feel like you're able to really be all of who you are, uh, that's the case. That's the time you should start to take notice. You should start asking questions. You should start trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Hallie's going to put her information in uh, uh, to uh, our, our, right after our broadcast. I would say you can definitely reach out to her, and yes, she'd be yes. happy to help you out with that too. Absolutely. Um, one of the one of the things I've also picked up from you, Hallie, is that it takes a measure of courage to say. Um, I know that stuff is happening. Like even before you get to that aha moment, you and your husband, you're working on, uh, uh, you're working on your marriage, you're working on yourself. So even though it, it took a while to get to a plateau, it looks to be the case that you guys are already working. So I would say that foundational piece of having that courage to say something's not right. I'm actually going to take action. Versus uh, what we talk about a lot of times is people just. Uh, kind of ducking their head between their legs and tail between their legs and saying, I'm going to just let it happen. I'm just going to let life go. Um, these are things that I'm picking up from your story, Hallie, that kind of say, these are things that you've, you've done or ways that you are that kind of help to kind of lead you on this journey. What can you add to that? What are some things that we need to know uh, about you or maybe not even about you, but just the traits that you have to pick up? Um, the ways that you can kind of begin to become the person who can win in life by, you know, owning their own life. One of the biggest things when I think about winning at your own life is you really have to remember that you always have a choice. And I know you said this, Kelly, I know that this is something that you teach your clients. Very central. Yeah. And you have to know that you always have a choice. Now we can also choose to ignore that choice. And That's then right. we have to be aware of that. And that can be hard to do. So it does take the courage. And I really appreciate, I know Jim Rohn is often accredited with saying, you know, we are a product of the five people that we spend the most time with. So mm. my amendment to that is that it's not necessarily five people as in five individual people, but think about the five influences that surround mm. your, that you're surrounded with. So maybe it's your family, like your immediate family unit, uh -huh. Uh -huh. maybe it's your friends, you know, who are your key friends that are influencing your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, your mindset? the media that you consume, social media, yeah. regular news media, et cetera. Surround yourself with positivity. Look, I tell my everybody that I can, I say, turn yeah. off news. The news is That's toxic. Right. It doesn't make us feel good. 
find feel good things. So if you need to find a community of people that make you feel good, if you need to find a Facebook group, if you need to be part of a LinkedIn community, if you need to find a meetup group, right? There's all these ways that we can positively impact ourselves by choosing to surround ourselves with five influences that really lift us up and make us feel good and affirm our choice to be the best version of ourselves and to win at everything that we do. Oh man, that was so beautiful. Yeah, you know, (laughs) it's like, I I hate to even ask another question after that. I feel like we kind of finished it right there. That was, that was all right, guys. It was, it's been great. No, uh, I I, I, want to ask you this because you're so introspective and you have such a good kind of grasp on plotting where you are in life, in your own life, in your own world and and, and in the world in general. I want to find out from you. I'm always curious about the end game, right? So Hallie Ovolio, at the end of your days, when it's you're on your deathbed, how do you know that you've lived a good life? Like what 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 would your life have had to been for you to be like, man, this was it. I rocked it. This was great. I mean, pretty much after we've done this show, Kelly, I'm good. Well, I mean, this this should be everyone's <laughs> highlight, right? Hashtag sponsorship. Uh- yeah, right. <laughs> you, no, know, you know, here's the thing. None of us know how long we have on this earth, right? Like I would like mm-hmm. to live to be, you know, 150 or 167 or some cool number like that. But we mm-hmm. really just don't know. So look, I live my life the best way that I can every single day. But in if I am going to kind of measure my success in life and feeling like, I've done my work and I've lived my purpose. It's Mm -hmm. going to be number one, raising three conscious humans that live their best life and that are making Mm -hmm. awesome choices for themselves. That's number one. Number two, it's impacting thousands of women and men to make better choices and be sassy as fuck. Mm -hmm. Number three, it's going to be standing on a stage with Brene Brown and she's going to say that she is sassy as fuck. That's on my list. It's on there, right? It's on my list. Um, yeah, there we go. There I, we go. I, I think that is such an awesome list. Um, uh, you know, Brene, Brene, we don't, we don't, we call each other by first name. So yeah. Brene and I, I you mean, know, we're, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're pretty tight. So I, I'll put in a good word. I'll, I'll see. I'll see Thank if you. I can get Perfect. you in there. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Hallie, I want to thank you so much. Uh, obviously I follow you because, uh, you're an inspiration to me and, and, and I love your content and, uh, your, your, your daily morning, uh, uh, uplifting words and everything. I, I want to make sure, uh, everyone knows exactly how to reach you. So I know you're Facebooking, you're, you're LinkedIn. Can you tell us all where, where to reach you? Sure. So uh, if you want to go to my website, it's sassyhealthy.fit. I pretty, as Kelly said, I do something called the morning motivation minute every single Monday through Friday morning. I post it on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and it might be on YouTube at some point in the future. Some of them are, but that's not consistent. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, like I said, I've got my podcast, which is called the sassy AF audio experience on iTunes, Spotify, blah, 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 all the places. Um, and then I also do my interview show is on YouTube. It's just under sassy, healthy fit. You can find sassy AF TV and I'm always, always, always happy and welcome DMS. Please reach out to me. You can drop it in LinkedIn on Instagram, wherever you like. 
Um, my handle is usually at Sassy Healthy Fit or on LinkedIn. It's just Hallie Avolio. But I absolutely love connecting with amazing humans. And if you are a follower, a friend, a fan of Kelly Blackman, who isn't, he's amazing. Right. Uh, just, I'm going to agree with all of that. Drop that in the comment or to, or the DM to me so that you get the VIP Kelly treatment. There you go. There you go. Um, Hallie, I want to thank you so much. You're you're so amazing. It's uh it's always fun uh every time we talk. Uh even when we're talking about the most outrageous stuff. You guys, just so you know, just a small nugget of information before we go. Oh, no. Hallie's first kiss, 17 years old. It's a true story. I know it's hard to believe with this beautiful mug. That's right. That's right. Uh <laughs> hard to believe, but yes, 17. And it wasn't her cousin. Just gonna throw that out there too. Thank God, Kelly asks the most interesting questions. I have to say, he just drops them in a DM. It's like, "Hey, how's it going? By the way, how old are you when you had your first kiss?" Guys, I want you to know that was also it. not a creepy question. It was really just because I wanted to have at least one thing to drop in the last minute I of our it. show. I love it, dude. It's so fun. You're so fun. I'm I'm so appreciative to be here. It's super fun. Well, again, Hallie, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I imagine that it'll be a lot of time of us working together because I am so enthusiastic about what you're doing. Thank you. Feeling um, is mutual. Thank you so much. Uh, audience, it's been great. Thank you guys for all the comments you dropped in. Uh, I, I love all of you guys because you, you really you really are kind of the lifeblood of the show. Uh, I, Hallie, were you able to see the comments? I saw a couple, but honestly, it's on my phone, and they were so small. Okay. 41, I'm like, I need glasses, and I don't know what's happening here. So I'll go back okay. and read them. Yeah. I'll go back and read them. Yeah, and definitely, uh, after after we drop this into LinkedIn and Facebook, Hallie, please feel free. Jump in. Leave us all your information, because I'm sure you're going to have a lot more people who want to uh, meet and greet. I would love it. I'm, I, love, I love all the meet and greets. Bring it on. And Brene, thank you for watching. That's right, because I, you know, she's on. She, she's I, watching. I know. She's watching. I know. She's probably under a student. She's, she's watching. She's gonna now. slide into my DMs. So it's right, good. like Kelly said, you get that VIP treatment. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, here, hang on for a second. I'm gonna play us out with my cheesy outro. I love and it. And I would talk to you backstage. Ta-da! <laughs> Just feel like that never gets old. <laughs>